0: Hello, this week Mark's unable to be with us, but I have two guests to prove that this is actually a proper grown-up podcast, and after the intro we'll be hearing from Nick and Andy, who are both members of our Slack room.
1: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
0: and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, reviews, technology, associated products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody and this week I'm in charge because Mark can't be with us and here with me I have Nick Riley, a.k.a. Spligosh. How are you doing?
2: I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me on yet again. It's nice to be here. That's
0: not a problem. And I also have, from the far side of Canada, uh, Andy Joyce, also known as Doogie. How are you doing, Andy?
3: I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, Excited. Bit of a groupie moment for me.
0: (laughs) Well don't worry you'll find out that the uh behind the curtain it's somewhat less slick than it sometimes <laughs> appears uh, as you've already found out by the complete chaos what was the pre-show okay so uh doogie uh also known as Andy of course i understand that uh, you did a crazy marathon running up a mountain thing
3: yes uh, i'm a i'm an ultra runner um by trade, I should say. And uh, recently, uh, as in the beginning of June, I went to South Africa and ran uh, the uh, Comrades Marathon, which is a uh, ultra marathon, one of the oldest, actually, 92 years in the, in the going. And uh, it was the uphill run this year. So the majority of the run is running uphill. So it was uh, 10, 10 and a half hours of running, which was uh, difficult, mainly because of the weather, because it was so hot.
0: Yeah, I can imagine uh, South Africa is uh, usually pretty hot in June. Uh, As I said in the pre-show, running is not my thing. When I was at school and they gave out the advice about never run with scissors, I wasn't paying attention and I only caught the bit that said never run. Uh, So there you go. (laughs) I'm sure that it's absolutely uh, fabulous and uh, I'm glad that you can manage to run 86 kilometres or whatever it is up a mountain which, as I said last week, strikes me as utter insanity, but
2: there you go. <laughs> Whatever, so whatever that, flips you, but... So is that the definition of an ultramarathon? Is it just further?
3: Uh, fit, yeah, anything that's 50k and and above, really.
2: Wow. <laughs> yes, I'm also a non-runner. <laughs> so it <laughs> sounds a long way to me.
0: Yeah, it is, but it's what you train. In my case, uh, more than 50 metres would probably be a long way to run. <laughs> 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 it's, whatever
3: you, it's whatever you train for.
0: I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I, I'm going to uh, play the sympathy card and say I couldn't be a runner. I've got a, I've got a, a gammy foot, and uh, that's my excuse. And I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> so, um, apart from that, d- do you do anything else, Andy? Ah, uh, yeah. I,
3: um, I'm, uh, I work in, uh, I work for the local government in uh, computer forensics. I'm a computer forensic investigator. So, um, oh, that the, sounds interesting. For the last. Well, since '99, when I was in the in the police in the UK before I emigrated to Canada, um, twelve years ago, um, I was doing tech crime. So that's what that's my day job.
0: Okay, and so um, we do. That means, Sorry. I guess that yeah, I, by computer forensics, I'm assuming that means you. Uh, that's the digging through computers which may have been used for nefarious purposes, looking for clues. Is it the the sort of uh, digging? Yeah. So. Um,
3: so. Yeah. So. Really, the capture of the evidence, and then the searching, and then the reporting of it for for um, anything from cloud to personal computers, and obviously cell phones is a huge, big mobile devices is a huge area that we all deal with nowadays. It's not as cool as it looks on the TV.
0: I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I'm sure very very cool. little is as cool. Very little is as cool as it's made to look on the TV. is the yeah truth yeah. There. yeah, you'll be surprised. And, uh, yeah. And uh, Nick, so you were telling us you work in IT. Uh, was it? Did you say for a water company? Yeah. Uh,
2: yes, I work for a water company. I'm a capacity analyst, which means that I project forward um, our usage of all our storage, and basically make recommendations when when we need to buy some more stuff. Basically, uh, but it's all it's also monitoring it and keeping an eye on it and telling. Uh, we we've got quite a lot of people who do sort of uh, proactive stuff so they'll if there's an alarm uh, on a system that's running short of memory or disk space they'll they'll get that automatically but we try to look forward and say oh hold on a minute that looks as if it's going to run out of space if we don't do something in two months time or three months time it's that sort of thing
0: okay right so so by capacity you you are talking about your computer capacity and not uh, water itself
2: uh, yes Yes, yeah. So obviously, running a water company take uh, has involves an awful lot of computers as well. So, uh, um, so yeah, it's 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 centralized storage and all sort of all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's fine. It's just when you said you project capacity, I was I was I was envisaging you. Uh trying to figure out how much you know cubic meterage of water per day gets used at peak times and things yeah well there there are people that do uh, that
2: but but not me i'm sure there
0: are people (laughs) who do that yeah but but that's not you No. no okay so uh we've got quite a lot of things on our list today um and i think shall we start because my daughter is here and she has something she wants to say about the matter so i'd like to kick off with the new Snapchat Maps feature criticised by police over safety concerns. Um, And this was reported on Flipboard and uh, my daughter Ruth has something to say about it.
4: Okay, so the first thing is basically um, if they had done it correctly and safely meaning like, kind of like on Instagram how only your friends can see where you are then it would have been a lot Safer, but how I see it as everyone being able to see where you are in the world and being able to zoom in and see what street you are and like the layout and everything is incredibly unsafe
2: yeah, it sounds like sounds good to me, Ruth,
4: even though there's a ghost mode, I think you should have the option of it being turned off unless you have turned on yourself.
3: You should have watched the as... snapchat and in, and deployed this, I think with a sensible. Uh, options you're talking about there
4: yeah i mean the fact that the audience of snapchat is extremely young like even below my age like under 12 like eight maybe is incredibly stupid how they've done that
2: yeah i think i think we i think you've got complete agreement here Ruth. <laughs> we-, we agree entirely that yeah they should have thought yeah. it through better shouldn't they
4: Definitely, it's a typical
3: the people who are developing this don't understand the consequences scenario all over again, isn't it?
4: Yeah,
2: it, it is, and you would think that um, considering they know that they know the demographic of the people that are using Snapchat, that they would have thought about it a little bit longer and harder before they released that.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping there's a way, maybe in the late in the next update where. You, even though you can turn it off, that maybe there's a way to get rid of it entirely.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. best, wouldn't it? Just yeah. have a question. Do you want to use this or don't you? And when you say no, it just disappears.
4: Um, well, in my opinion, I when I saw the idea, I didn't want to update it, so I haven't. So I haven't tried it myself. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think it would be best if they did get rid of it completely. Yes,
2: it certainly should be... It sh- certainly should be off unless you ask for it to be on. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if there are older people using Snapchat and they want to be able to people to see where they are, then they can switch that on. But if if not, then by default it should be off.
4: Yeah, yeah. definitely.
3: Yeah, I just can't see the use of it. I really don't see the use of something like this for.
0: Right, that was Ruth's take on the uh, on the thing. I've been having a quick dig. Um, and a spokesperson for Snap has said, With SnapMap, location sharing is off by default for users and is completely optional. Snapchatters can choose exactly who they wish to share their location with, if at all, and they can change the setting at any time. It is not possible to share your location with someone who isn't already a friend on Snapchat, and the majority of interactions on Snapchat take place between close friends. Um... To hide your location even from friends, turn on Ghost Mode in Snap Map. Pinch the screen in selfie mode to bring up the Snap Map. Click the settings icon on the top right-hand corner, and then set the phone to Ghost Mode. This will stop sharing your location. So, um, that's that's Snapchat's take.
2: Um, so, so, so that it, so Snapchat said it was off by default, but then they were giving instructions. to switch it off.
0: Well, they're saying. Yes, according to this, it says, location sharing is off by default and is completely optional. Oh um, right, okay. Um, well, that that's the right is, thing, the right
2: way to have done it. Yes,
0: it? apparently it is. Maybe it's maybe it's um, maybe they haven't communicated there. Um, maybe they haven't projected their implementation very well
2: doesn't sound like it does it 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 sounds as if the police have got the wrong end of the steep as well i I, I
0: still think quite i i can see what the police are worried about they're worried about people even if it is off by default they're worried about underage girls or boys i guess sharing their location thinking that you know that's perfectly all right when of course there are people out there who might take advantage of that i think the worry is that
3: if you trust someone you, you get to trust someone and then share your location and they're an nefarious person. It's going to be easy just to turn on and say, here yeah. I am. I think that's the worry, even if it is off. And you go, hey, can you turn it on for me? You know, we're friends and you trust me. And then yeah. off we go. There's,
0: there, there is a uh, the way difficulty, there. Yes, Nick, sorry.
2: Yeah, the difficulty is, you know, the, the difficulty is that ch- children are very trusting by nature. I mean, I don't think we want to discourage that. Um, but <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was um, – getting ready for an organ concert that i was doing a church organ concert and um one of the leaders of uh we've got one or two um uh young people's groups you know scouts and guides and all of that sort of stuff asked me to test them out by going into their meeting uh, because she's known me for so many years and she trusts me uh, just go into their meeting and ask some of their youngsters who'd, who she'd just talked to about stranger danger uh, to go in and just ask them to get help me get stuff out of the car, and uh, I tried it the first time, and one and the one lad said no straight away, which was good uh, I, and I then tried it at just another table because they were on uh, different tables and and half of the youngsters from the table decided that they, oh yes they 'd like to help <laughs> and uh, of course uh, uh, they were then stopped and said no, what did we tell you?" <laughs> But it's difficult, isn't it? Because kids, kids naturally want to trust people, and and we don't want to, we don't want to stop them trusting people generally. But they just need to be cautious online.
0: I think there's always been a a kind of dichotomy there, isn't there? Because you know we don't want to breed a generation or generations of of people who are effectively petrified of anybody who's yeah. not from their immediate family. Um And yet, at the same time, you know you have to try and instill the fact that not everybody out there is necessarily a very nice person um yeah and, and yeah, yes you know you don't one. you don't want to you don't want to breed a society where you know if the person if if you 're walking through the park and you know you see an elderly person in distress, you go well i don't know them, and i they i can 't trust them, you know they might be pulling a scam to then abduct me or something you know that's not really what we want is it that's a pretty grim dysfunctional kind of society but uh i guess it's always difficult to, to strike the balance between um optimism and caution it, it, yeah shall we say
2: yes it is yeah so but so basically it's about education of young people isn't it it's about being aware, and cautious. I, I think that's... that's. Well, as it is for all of us. It's not just
0: young people, no, is it? No, it's
2: everybody. I mean, it's adults, the same. You
0: know, I think yeah. that, that... Let's face it. I, I think that that feature, I, I could imagine being very much pitched at the, at the 20-somethings. Yeah, you know, I with, think you're with, right. With the, with the kind of... Uh, I suspect somebody thought it up and thought yeah wouldn't it be cool that you know if a group of friends on Snapchat you know and they're all out on a on a Saturday night they can do a Snapchat of here I am in um, Paddy McGinty's bar and sh- they can share that and their friends who are also out on the town can say oh look they're at Paddy McGinty's bar and Snapchat let's make our way to Paddy McGinty's bar to meet up with so and so and and that that's great but you have yeah. to be aware of how these things can be abused by people with um, you know, twisted minds I don't want to be negative but that could be a very dangerous situation for a 25 year old woman on her own to be putting herself in couldn't it mm-hmm. or of any age yeah quite as Ruth just pointed yeah. out um,
3: uh, and, it, and it puts the onus on the person to take care of their safety by turning on and off all the time and it just depends how easy that is is it easier to leave it on and not understand the consequences or, or are people going to be educated enough to know I should turn it on for this but turn it off for that yeah, that's the that'd... that's the worry
4: the fact is in my defense snapchat or when you first buy it before this upgrade or not buy it, install it they ask for your location just for you can use little filters saying which town you're in but also if you want to know where you if your friends want to know where you are you just tell them like text them which mm-hmm. just makes more sense to me.
0: Uh, it's all about education, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a bit like there were similar kind of um, concerns when Facebook started, weren't there? Because Facebook had a, a terrible reputation of of things leaking out as people set what they thought was private, and it wasn't as private as perhaps it might seem. It's, it's about education. Education, education, education. I think, as you said, and in the meantime, you know, as you said in the pre-show, Nick, I think that's true. You know, we have to try and instil into everybody, particularly young people, the idea that the internet is it's public. If you wouldn't do it in the middle of a public square, it's probably not a good idea to do it online.
2: Yeah, and and in the meantime, um, uh, that quote from um, Hill Street, book blues yeah, applies to everyone let's be careful let's out be there. careful out there
0: quite right yeah i agree with that one and talk of talking perhaps of being careful out there it seems that microsoft weren't quite careful enough as uh, apparently some of their windows 10 source code has leaked uh did anybody see this one
3: yeah tw- I, I, I amazing but i just couldn't understand why uh, there was so much data wasn't noticed at the beginning I, like thirty-two terabytes. Well, must yeah, I think um, the network. the
0: initial reports, Andy, the initial reports, it, it turns out were somewhat overblown. Um, oh, okay. Some, somebody had uh, reported that thirty-two terabytes of uh, Windows source code and unreleased builds and so on had been leaked or hacked. Or later, it came to light, apparently, from the from the FTP board that hosts this stuff which they actually took down. They took down the the stuff of their own accord, um, or at least all of the stuff that was oh, posted right, that right, was yeah. not already public because it's an embarrassment to Microsoft, but it, it seems that actually the initial reports made it out to be worse than it was. Uh, the leaked code contains source code to the base Windows 10 hardware driver's plug-and-play code, USB and Wi-Fi stacks, storage drivers, and ARM-specific one-core kernel code. Nothing important, Well, then. obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, those who are looking for vulnerabilities, I'm sure it's... Uh, no,
2: that sounds, that sounds pretty important to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, the source code yeah. was actually only 1.2 gigabytes inside, apparently, and Beta Archive has removed files from its servers, so... Yeah, it's still a bit of an embarrassment, isn't it? A lot of it, it's however, true. apparently a lot of the stuff that was, was released apparently has been, well, if not actually public, available to the shared source community, which apparently is a, a group of... Uh, it can be OEMs and developers and various other people, but still not a great plan, is it? Uh, there will be There will be people who can use that to dig for vulnerabilities to build nasty things, I think.
2: It, yeah, it sounds like particularly the base code stuff. I mean, that
0: just doesn't sound good at all. No, it doesn't, does it? That doesn't sound uh, very good at all. I guess,
3: especially now they're pushing Windows 10 to so every machine, it's going gonna, it's gonna to raise some even more concerns for people because they think they're not protected by running the, the latest and greatest version. The interesting times for the marketing department. Yeah.
0: And uh, also, I i believe I read somewhere that uh, Microsoft made a rather rash claim, didn't they, that 10S is invulnerable to ransomware. Um, and I think somebody quite obviously went out straight away to prove that that wasn't true. Isn't very surprising.
2: Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> you wouldn't do that, really. It's a little bit like raving away. Waving a big red flag and saying, I'm over yeah, here. Yeah, I think so. I'm over that here.
0: Very, very, <laughs> I, I agree with that. That's yeah. you know, This version of Windows is invulnerable to fill-in is applicable. Now, that, that's just painting a big target on your back, really, isn't it? Yes. yes. <laughs> the
2: Titanic will never sink. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I, I have to say, uh, I'm sure it's probably not historically accurate, but talking of the Titanic, I love the bit in the film where somebody says i think it's the captain and he says the titanic is unsinkable and the uh, the architect or ship builder or whoever he is says uh, it's made out of steel i can guarantee that it will sink to the bottom the same as any other ship <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. okay um and on the ongoing theme of bad days for people mps lose access to emails in a cyber attack on the houses of parliament it seems uh, did we see this one this was uh this was in the net in the telegraph and i think that was yesterday
2: uh, did you yeah. yes i heard yeah. about it.
0: i'm not sure if andy would have heard it as he's uh on the other side of canada i did see it yeah
3: yeah, yeah i did see it and i was uh it, it it just made me smile with the It's weak passwords again, generally, is the weak Uh, point.
0: According to... uh, Parliament has suffered the biggest ever cyber attack as attackers launched a sustained and determined attempt to break into email accounts. The brute force assault, allegedly... Uh, lasted for 12 hours on Friday as unknown hackers repeatedly targeted weak passwords of politicians and aides. Experts on Saturday night warned that politicians could be exposed to blackmail or fi- face a heightened threat of terrorist attack if emails were successfully accessed. Well, there's not really a lot more to say about that, is there, other than... Um...
2: Use, use secure passwords. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> what amazes me, you know, is, is that um, they don't have to be particularly complicated human passwords don't actually have to be particularly complicated um i've used the rules on uh bot bushot's uh, got got a i'm gonna forget what it's called now uh what then, let's talk let's talk apple let's talk uh, well, yes I, he's got another website which which actually has a tool on it for generating strong but readable All passwords right, okay that sounds uh, interesting and, and, and i've used i've used those and i actually have one that I'm obviously not going to tell you the password. No, but, <laughs> uh, but it, it according to I think it's called password haystacks. It would take billions of years to hack it a character at a time, but it's actually very easy for me to remember because it uses real words, but they are uh, separated by characters. They have random, They have uh, different characters at either end of the of the word. Uh, oh. So you just fo- basically follow a fa- fairly simple rules, which mean you can remember it but actually makes it really hard to have. Uh, I
0: have to admit that one of my favourite techniques for generating passwords is to take a line of a poem, a song, a hymn, or a famous quote with which you are familiar, for example, yeah. um, and simply take the, say, the initial letters. So um, if we were to take, or let's, let's, let's say, the first line of Jerusalem, and did those feet in ancient times walk upon England's green and pleasant land? If you just take the initials from that, you have a very long, probably to most people, completely impenetrable password. Um, and if you yeah, if you include in the, the end, punctuation, then, you know, you have got an incredibly complex password. But
2: yeah, because it's nine times out of 10, it's entropy. So it's the amount of work that it's got to do to actually get in is what matters. So if it's very long, that's a really yeah, good start And
0: and and the thing is it, it's a great way it, it makes it human memorable, this is the thing, because the biggest problem with passwords yes. is people end up with rubbish passwords or you reuse their passwords far too much because they don't want to have to try and memorize all these endless codes. Yes. So I mean any technique that allows people to generate half decent passwords is, is quite good and I do like that one so you know if you know any hymns poems songs famous quotes those, those work rather well and of course uh, as long as xkcd as long as, the password, famous as, long as
2: yes as long as um...
0: as long as you have <laughs> lots of entropy I think that is the the biggest thing and uh, any anything that allows you to generate a good long password is you know is a good thing well, what about you, Andy? It is, but unfortunately, people will still use poor passwords oh, yeah. that are easily guessed. They do, because people are lazy. That's yeah. the truth. I
3: I'm, I'm, I must admit, I've got lazy in fact that I just use one password now to use to store mine. I don't know half my passwords. No. But the one thing that I, I do make sure that I do have is with the uh, I have a technique for the um, password recovery questions that they ask you. I used to use, and I, I used the one that I used to use was the Simpsons. You know, was your father's name? Was your mother's right. name? Was your mother's maiden? Oh, that's a good idea. So I yeah. used I, I use a TV show that I were uh, that I remember, but um, no one would ever guess really. So like Homer was the mm. what's the name of her father? What's the name? So that's the that's the uh, important one because that's gem- that's effectively what happened with all these celebrity um, iCloud hacking was that they just guessed the right um, the right car- the right um, yeah, answers.
0: Yeah, that is the. That is also a problem, isn't it? That that often the recovery options ask you some security questions, many of which are actually quite feeble, you know. And yeah. if you are a celebrity, be you know, whether it's a blogger or you're Kim Kardashian or whatever, you know, the names of your dogs and the address that where you live and the name of your father and, and such things are easily available to anybody who cares to go looking for them. And uh, that means... Either submitting a, a password recovery request, or, or or saying, you know, please let me in. Here's the answer to the security questions. is far too easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think that's a really good idea. I, I, I think that's a really yeah, good it is, isn't it? To to have <laughs> yeah. a, the only the only thing I is you have to be sure me. that you remember what it is. You know <laughs> what what it is. But obviously, yeah, I'm I'm sure you could you could take anything, couldn't you? Harry Potter, or you know anything with which you are Well and truly familiar.
2: Yes, sometimes remembering them is the is the problem. I I decided to set up some auto login stuff for my first direct account, and I couldn't remember some of the (laughs) some of the passwords, so I had to ring them up, and, and they go through a whole because I I couldn't remember my password that I'd given them because I've been tele like telephone banking with them for not telephone banking, internet banking with them for so long. I haven't had to ring them for years and years and years. And then suddenly they're asking me all these questions that I answered yes. 15 years ago or whatever. And I can't remember them. Uh, Fortunately, I managed to remember enough for them to trust that I was the right person. Yeah, that's,
0: I, I have encountered that. Um, and particularly, I, I will admit to um, encountering it with a- accounts, online accounts for things that, that I started you know, when I first went online. So, for yes. example, Yahoo, which, you know, now might be not considered very cool or clever or, you know, why on earth would you have a Yahoo account? But 20 years ago, you know, Yahoo was a big player and I found myself somehow or other Yahoo was saying, you know, we've done an upgrade or we've improved our security or something. And uh, I think their the email was along the lines of your you know, your original password no longer is considered secure enough or it may have been compromised in one of our breaches or something. And it was like, please log in here and um, answer these questions and create a new password. And blimey, did I struggle with that?
4: (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's exactly the same problem I was having.
0: You know, and and then, of course, the other thing is when we, you know, if you're talking about accounts you've had for a very long time and and barely used, either you, you know, you've got the things set in keychain or whatever, or you hardly ever use them. And, of course, when you set them up, you were far less internet savvy. And so (laughs) it may not have been so uh, cute about how you filled in various questions. So shall we move on what else have we got we have virgin tell 0.8 million customers to change their router password uh, this one i picked up from ZNet, but i think you'll find it's it's all over the web um bit of a cock-up really isn't it boys what's the uh, what's your thought on it
2: i think part of the problem you know is that is that most virgin media customers aren't tech savvy <laughs> and they wouldn't know how to get into their router if you well, you'd have to tell them how to. Um, it just so happens, I'm with Virgin Media. I'm geeky, therefore my password is not the standard one on the box. But how many people are going to think about changing the password on their router?
0: Yeah, that is that is true. Um, and for those who haven't seen the story, Virgin Media has warned 800,000 customers using the Superhub2 router to change their passwords because a security vulnerability could expose their passwords to hackers, um, enabling them to gain control of other smart devices on the network. Uh, The company says the risk of compromise is minimal, but customers who haven't changed the default password displayed on the sticker attached to the router to change both that and their network password in order to protect against potential attack. Um... Well, of course, this is something I brought up um, a little while ago, uh, a few shows back. There was um, there was there was a, a piece which we covered, um, uh, to which the answer was effectively, don't use default passwords. I, for once, I, I have to point out, I'm not a big lover of BT, but if you use a BT. Router as a BT customer, when when you first set it up, um, it arrives with a password on a sticker which you enter to start to set up the router. Um, and it then says um, it Change brings up password. a dialogue saying you must now create your own password, um, which I think is right ra- rather good that you have which to create your own. To do, isn't it? That effectively you can't set up your router without changing it from the default, um, and it gives you some hints. Um, probably most of our listeners, um, you know, we're we're fairly technical, and uh, my router doesn't use a default password, and uh, I don't. I have my own router. I don't use the one supplied by uh, by my ISP anyway. But um, right. Yes, most people, I guess, that you know, they buy a package from BT or Sky or or whoever, and they take it out of the box. It's got a sticker on it saying this is your passcode or whatever, and they type that in, and away they go. Sky, I think, I think theirs are at least separate for each router. I think they're generated, but I mean, I don't know, I don't know if this is implying that the Virgin routers all have the same default. Uh, passwords or or if it's that somehow it that can be compromised I, i'm not sure i haven't studied it in depth but
2: i think it's i think it's unlikely that everyone's got the same i think it's more than likely that someone's stumbled upon the algorithm of how they've generated them
0: yeah quite possibly quite possibly uh
2: and therefore and therefore can guess one that will work kind of thing
0: I mean, as it says in this piece, keen to grab a piece of the Internet of Things pie, many man- manufacturers continue to rush out connected devices without sufficient cyber security. I don't know why they had to put cyber on the front of everything. <laughs> it's beginning to become really <laughs> rather tiresome. Now we're in the 21st century. Um, you know, it might have been all right in 1999. Uh, failing to learn the security lessons of the past and potentially putting millions of, at risk of a catastrophic uh, data breach. And of course, those of you who follow me on here know that I am an internet of troublesome things denier and uh, have very little time for most of it. <laughs> but yes, ethical hackers apparently carried out this research uh, and found it could be used to take control of internet of things devices. So Virgin, I have to say, at least have responded promptly and have apparently contacted you know nearly a million users and told them, that they need to change their password and their Wi Fi password and how to go about doing it. So I suppose at least that's. They've not tried to cover it up, I suppose. That's uh, one good thing. That's, yes. the,
3: that's the important point, point, I think, though, and that is the way they deal with it because. We're now in information security age where it's not you're not going to get breached. It is you're going to get breached, and it's how you deal with it after. I think as a company should be judged, and yes. they've done the right thing. Definitely done yeah. the right thing I think, uh, in this.
0: I think, and, and at the moment, it would appear that you know this is a this is a problem, but not something yeah. that's been necessarily exploited so far. Yeah, you know, it, it would appear that Virgin have actually hired somebody to you know, assess their security and they've pointed out a problem and Virgin have said, oh yeah, there's a loophole, best we tell everybody how to avoid it. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think very much the right thing. We, we all know what has happened in the past where people have um, been told that there are flaws and they've ignored them or they've been told that there are breaches and they've ignored them. I mean, it always comes back to bite them on the backside uh, very hard. <laughs> So um again I suppose I can only reiterate the, the the information or the advice I gave out last time when we talked about uh, router compromises don't use the default supplied password use a proper hardened password and uh, you should be well in the clear. So, this has
2: been a public service announcement <laughs> by the essential
0: <laughs> Apple podcast as indeed yes uh, and for those of you of a certain age uh, you might also remember good cause Injury. Good girls. Injury. <laughs> That's a public service announcement film from about 1970, about lifting with your knees, not your back.
2: Oh, yes, I remember
0: that. The yes. little robot tries to bend over and pick up the heavy box and all springs and cogs come flying out and he's stuck saying, Good girls. Injury. Yeah, if you're of a certain age, there's a whole library of those public information films which spring to mind after a certain button gets pressed, isn't there? Like, you know, putting a rug on a polished floor, they might as well set a man trap.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You have quite a memory for these things.
0: <laughs> I do, I do, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm quite uh, retentive on those. Um, well, let's stick with uh, Virgin, although not necessarily uh, the Virgin that uh, was in the first story. And this is uh, Virgin Mobile US goes iPhone only and offers a $1, pa- $1 sorry uh, unlimited deal. This obviously applies to our North American followers, but Virgin have decided that they are not going to carry any other phones. It's not worth their while. They're only going to carry the iPhone. So, uh, what do we have to think about that?
3: It's interesting, isn't it, that they're putting all their uh, all their eggs in one basket, as they say, with one phone. But what a deal! I wish I could get a deal like this in Canada.
0: Yeah, That's for sure. I mean, uh, according according to Nine to Five Mac, uh, Virgin Mobile USA has announced it's going iPhone only. There's the iPhone and there's everything else. At Virgin Mobile, we're teaming with Apple to offer you nothing but the world's most popular phone. The carrier seems extremely keen on getting your business and is offering a year's unlimited talk, text and data for a single payment of $1. Uh, This plan has the usual carrier definition of unlimited, mainly not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The small print notes that your data usage may be deprioritized. If you use more than 23 gigs in a month, your service may be terminated if your roaming usage exceeds. They've put a hundred meg of data, but that seems awfully small, doesn't it? Um, It does. Maybe that's a typo. Well, no, um, hundred meg. Mind you, roaming. Maybe they're a bit grumpy about that. Eight hundred minutes of talk time, or if roaming forms the majority of your usage, which I. I suspect most of those are actually reasonably fair, aren't they? know. I I think unlimited within, you know, reasonable bounds is not an unfair thing to ask, is it? Um, No. I mean, I have three... Am I right in thinking that it was
2: then $50 a month?
0: Um, After the first year, it's $50 a month.
2: Oh, only after Um, the first year?
0: Yeah, so for the first year, it's $1. I mean, the whole thing here is to draw people in isn't it Um, yes $50 a month um, for basically unlimited service within reason Um, if you have coverage in your area it's a sweet deal Um, a 32 gigabyte iPhone SE is $279 or an iPhone 7 starts at $649 Add a dollar for your first year's service, and you're up and running. No commitments, 14-day, no questions asked, refund, um, free to cancel your plan at any time. Oh, well. And they're also chucking in a load of perks, according to this. A round-trip companion ticket to the United Kingdom on Virgin Atlantic... I assume that means uh, buy one, get one free. Um, one night stay at a Virgin hotel. Pay for two nights, get the third for free. Uh, $170 savings on an introductory offer to the Virgin Wine Club. Um, the Virgin Wine Club is actually very good. I am a member of that. Um, up to 20% off flights on Virgin Atlantic. Um, and twenty percent off on the Virgin Sports San Francisco Festival of Fitness, which is probably great if you live in San Francisco. But um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty heavy marketing deal, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, they certainly do want people to buy iPhones, don't they?
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know how big how big Virgin you know mobile is in 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 the US. I mean, you know, I know that Verizon and uh, what's the other one? uh formerly formerly AT&T is it or is it AT&T?
3: AT&T and Sprint I think are the big ones aren't they Verizon AT&T and Sprint are the
0: yeah they're the big three I think I was always under the impression that that Sprint was the sort of distant third but anyway um I can only imagine that this is a huge push by uh Virgin Mobile to capture network customers.
3: I don't even know if they have their own network. Do they? Do they piggyback off a of T-Mobile?
0: Uh, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I, not particularly not in America. Um, I have no idea. It's quite likely that they are, in fact, you know, a virtual network.
3: Yeah.
2: Virgin Mobile USA is a no contract mobile provider on the nationwide Sprint network.
0: Okay. Sprint. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well. As they're saying here if you have if you can get coverage, you know it's a good deal, and obviously it is um I don't know how fifty dollars a month for that deal stacks up you know basically i mean you've got up to twenty three gig of data for free i mean I get. On my plan here in the UK, for which I pay about 40 pounds a month, I get three gig of data. Not that I use it, but then I spend most of my time in my office, so I'm either on my home Wi-Fi or my office Wi-Fi. But I'm sure it's quite easy to burn through quite a lot of data if you if you're on the move. Quite yeah, a lot.
2: I'm v- I'm very lucky because I'm on a three contract one of the one of their unlimited contracts. Um, I don't think it's unlimited any longer, but uh, up until recently it was unlimited, uh, but they've just changed it and put the price up a little. Um, but I'm, I'm on a SIM-only contract, so yeah, right. it's quite, quite reasonable, really.
0: Yeah, I, I think the SIM-only deals where you're just paying for your service obviously are you know considerably better, but, of course, you have to provide your own hardware, don't you? So Yes, um, yeah. You know, I, I, I look at mine as... Um, I don't know, I haven't bothered to check what the actual split is between what I'm paying for my phone and what I'm paying for my service, but I suspect um, I'm probably paying about 12 or £15 pounds for service and the rest of it's going on paying for my iPhone. Right, I think we'll take a break there, shall we? And we'll go over to John Nemo, who is not this week in the hardware store, but is in fact on a secret undercover mission. Take it away, John.
5: a high-end shopping center called University Town Center or UTC in San Diego, California. I just noticed something called Amazon Books. I've heard of them. Let's go see what's inside. Okay, I'm going in now. Kindle Fire HD 10. There was a young man who was helping me earlier on these Kindle Fire 10 and he said it's like an iPad. Okay. And can you take pictures with it, too? Does it have a cam? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And you can do email and yep, web and stuff like that?
1: That's absolutely right. Mm-hmm.
5: And read a book on it? Yep. And how does the App Store work if I want to get additional apps?
1: Yeah, it's very similar to the one Apple has. I'm just going to click on the little App Store button here. Okay. And then you can put up, and it'll show you all the available uh, apps, and you can also search. So as soon as that
5: loads here. Do all the apps come from Amazon, or are there yes. a third...
1: Oh, no, they have third party as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they have to be approved by Amazon before they end up on the So it's board. similar to Apple in that regard. Exactly. It's almost identical.
5: Mm-hmm. Now, do most people get the 16 and then add a chip if they need more That's a smart space? one. To do it.
1: That's absolutely right. hmm Because the chips are cheaper than if you were to add. Um, so
5: like that's a, a big difference from Apple where you have to buy it loaded in?
1: Precisely. That's like the main competition point, I would say, is that we have the ability to have memory sticks added, whereas they do not. Mm-hmm.
5: So it's got a display. hmm it's you can put in the card. Mm-hmm. It's got the front camera and a rear camera. Mm-hmm. And can you play music on it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can we hear how it sounds?
1: Uh, it won't let me do it in demo mode, unfortunately. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but yes, it would uh, be you couldn't play like iTunes music on here. You'd have to have Amazon's yeah, music. that's, that's exactly fine.
5: Right. Mm-hmm. And is there a headphone jack also? Yes, that's gonna be right here, actually. Very And there's your
1: volume control. Let's mm-hmm. see. So what else? There's a power switch. Power switch. And that is it for the most part. Your uh, memory stick goes in right at the top here.
5: Oh, it's neat. How do you charge it up?
1: It charges through this port right here. We have the alarm in there. Oh, I see. You just plug it in. Is it
5: like a USB-C charging? Yes, Yeah. So it's a a generic charger. Yes,
1: exactly. Mm -hmm.
5: Very good. Mm -hmm. And to most people, older people like me, do they get the bigger one versus the smaller one?
1: Generally, yes, just because it is more visible. Mm -hmm. Um, I prefer the bigger one, too. I have the bigger one at home just because it's easier to see everything and be able to maneuver around.
5: Oh, so you have one of these at home? Yes, I have the older model, but yes. How often do they come out with a new model? Mm, Every couple years Is kind of what
1: I've observed Um, They come out with a newer model
5: And so what's the advantage of this one Say over your one
1: Big time advantage uh, Is the processing is way faster Oh it's just Um, a better better. It's better overall Yeah it's like faster Better camera uh, Better space storage Pretty much everything across the
5: board Is better So when are you getting a new one
1: Not for a while, because I don't have a lot of demand, so a lot of people like to stream lots of movies and have a lot of apps open. I just do one thing at a time. It's like an iPad that you keep
5: and you keep it it until you drop it or Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Okay, let's see how heavy it is to pick it up. Oh, so it doesn't weigh hardly anything. Now, what about a case to protect it? Okay.
1: So they're kind of nice because you can also turn them into a stand a little bit. So it goes
5: all the way, does it protect the front also? Yeah,
1: it? it does. It folds right over the front, actually. Gotcha, gotcha. The ex-
5: expansion storage mm-hmm. That's
1: really the big one The only one I see I'm not sure like how heavy theirs are or how fast D- yeah. So I don't have a direct comparison
5: So the $230 is for the 16 mm-hmm. storage That's correct And then you pay a little bit more for 32 and 64 Yes mm-hmm. But you're just saying don't bother Just get Get the
1: memory stick It's okay. so much better And yeah. is it
5: a generic micro SD yep. card Okay exactly.
1: So you can get on my Amazon.com We have a couple here too They're like super cheap Like 64 gigs It's like 20 bucks for
5: So, sense. So this is the black one What is the silver one? Okay, yeah, it's gonna black so that's front, another regardless. big difference with the iPad because some of the iPads have a white on the front.
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, this one's going to always be black on the front and so then silver on silver the back. Silver on
5: the That's what you have, the silver on the back?
1: Now, unfortunately, not. I prefer the silver, but I have <laughs> them on the black. Yeah. At the time, they only had them on the one in black.
5: Okay, so what other uh, recommendations do you have for, for people considering this Kindle Fire HD 10? Can we go on the web on this? Is this connected to the Internet? Of
1: course, Yeah, it has its own browser called Silk Browser. It's just the same thing as any other browser. Okay. Um, But yeah, you can search the web straight from there. You have your search
5: bar here. That's that's Um, just like a regular Internet mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah, so I can put in... Boom. That's Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can search for anything you want. Yep, exactly. Well, you've been extremely helpful. What's your name? My name is Eric. What's your name? Nemo, like the fish.
1: Okay, excellent.
5: Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Sorry about that. Thanks thanks a lot for your help.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Okay.
5: How many of these Amazon stores are there?
1: There are now seven stores. Yeah, seven. One
5: in Seattle, presumably. One in
1: Seattle. <laughs> uh, we got one. We were number two when we opened up. Uh, then we had Portland. Okay. And two in Boston, one in New York, and one in New Jersey just opened like in the last month.
5: And how long has this one been here at UTC? Nine months. Sure. Is it done a good business?
1: Yeah, yeah, especially on the weekends. It's just packed. packed? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Wow. Yep. Eric, thanks a yeah. lot. No
1: problem. Thanks for coming in. All-
5: okay. That's our special report from the UTC Amazon store on the Kindle Fire 10. Nemo, San Diego, back next week.
0: And thank you for that, John. And now, um, as I have given up using Google, Google announced they're going to stop scanning your Gmail for ad personalization purposes. Well, that's nice of them, isn't it? <laughs> I leave it's an interesting they move, to stop isn't it? reading it.
3: Traditionally email. Google was all about grabbing as much information it about is. you for the for the ads and then suddenly stop stop doing it. So are they getting it from somewhere else? Or am I just being paranoid?
0: I I suspect that part of this, I think, is is driven by uh, business concern. Although I know big businesses usually what is it, use the G Suite or something, which is um, kind of ex- excluded. Part of it is it, it's not great PR, is it? People people think that somebody's actually reading their mail. I know that it's not. It's being scanned by algorithms looking for patterns or you know, keywords, which they can use to um, put adverts in your Gmail. But, but the truth is, I, I can't remember the last time I actually noticed an advert in Gmail, um, even though I've stopped using it now. But, you know what I mean? I think we're all, we're all just blind to them. Do, do you? You know, I think it's... I get the impression that the return they're getting from doing it is not enough to counter the bad PR that it's yeah that it's generating uh, the the feeling that Google are uh, looking and I guess over that your shoulder.
3: When this first started out, when Gmail first came out as a as a beta product, I guess this was where the source of all of the good stuff was. But the world has changed so much online now that we're using Facebook, Twitter, we're using um, all other services. I guess it's no longer the main focus like it once was. I guess this is where all the goods were, the good stuff was at one point.
0: Well, yeah, I mean when when Google Mail first launched, um, as a invitation only beta, one of the big draws uh was that they were offering what at the time was considered to be, you know, ex- an obscene amount of uh storage for your mail. You know, I think they started off at, at two two gigs in, in the days when most people you were lucky if you got a hundred meg in your mailbox. Um and they added on afterwards things like Google Drive and whatnot, and they were always open about the fact that they would be scanning your the content of your email um, in order to to personalize ads. but the ads were always only those little text things in the side of your in the side of your mail, and I don't think I can ever remember you know i don't even I think remember with... if they're still there. As you say, I think you're quite right there, Andy, that, you know, one of the big draws to Google originally was that they offered all these things which weren't really available anywhere else at the time. Um, and people were, you know... And also maybe people were a bit more naive. that the, the whole kind of um, watching what you do online in order to send you adverts has become something that people have become more and more uncomfortable with. I, I think with advertising becoming
2: more... Um intrusive as well I, I think you're right i think we just don't see them pretty much now
0: no I, I i get the impression personally that google have have thought look this is just it's giving us more grief than it's worth i don't know what, what yeah i've never that, really found think, it any?
3: to be an issue personally i've it's it's never stopped me thinking i'm not going to use gmail anymore but i think you're right the negative pr in it of they're scanning my emails they're the nsa they're snowden they're you know they're working with the big brother i think that's probably the you're you're right in this fact that they're thinking that we're getting bad publicity for for something that's not really worth anything anymore
0: yeah I, i think you know there are probably far better ways to get far more useful information than scanning through and also of course with you know the rise of all the various messaging platforms e- email is you no know, I, I suspect no longer the semi long form letter that people quite often used to send you know 15 years ago i i would be emailing you know my friends some of whom are scattered around the world and it would be more more like your traditional postal letter, you know, in that you would write three or four fairly long paragraphs and, and then send it. And then maybe a few days later, you'd get a reply. That's not how email works now, is it? Everybody's kind of just sending these little short messages. Um, and I'm pretty sure the algorithms are not going to pick up much worthy of uh, you know, advertisement personalisation, from a from a message that says, Will you think, be at the um, pub at I think five o'clock?
2: Something some the size of Google. It's going to be financial in the end. So that they're, they're looking at it financially, it doesn't yeah. actually make much sense now because they're not getting much benefit from it. Therefore they're letting it go. And that's gonna be the primary driving reason for dropping
0: it. Oh of course it is. I, I think it I think it is. Everything with Google, no doubt, is driven by money. You know, it, it will be return on the investment or the return on the amount of effort that they have to put on it. And I, I suspect with ad blocking and the fact that, as I say, most of us is just completely blind to ads in in your Gmail. Nobody, it's like they're yeah. not there. So Why bother?
3: Yeah, definitely. No...
0: So, uh, if we uh, staying on the theme of email. Um, Andy you put a story here about Astro AI powered email client yeah. manager
3: yeah I saw this in public um, beta. on a someone reg was recommending it, and I took a look at it. I haven't installed it myself yet because I was waiting for my my new machine, which I picked up this week but I, I found it quite interesting with the uh, the fact that they're taking like the the Google assistant type. Um, approach to working within your email and uh, the tie-ins that it has with like Slack. And uh, it was that some of the features were some of the stuff that I would like for my own email client, which I I don't see so much now. Things like being able to um, mute an email chain and one of them, uh, the interesting one was a snooze to desktop. So I'm on my phone and I can think, oh, I'm going to reply to this when I can get to a machine with a big keyboard and I can send it as a snooze to my desktop. So when I log in, it reminds me. I just thought it looked really interesting in respect of what it can do with the reminders and then with the um, the AI bar. It's like asking you questions, very much like uh, the Google Assistant. I just, just thought it looked quite a, a, a good approach to email. That does sound interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, modern email apps for Mac, iOS, Android, and Alexa, fully integrated with Slack and powered by artificial oh, we'll intelligence. If, if, if,
2: um, if it's got the Amazon Echo involved, um, I'm going to have to play.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just look, I, I looked
3: at it and thought it looked really clean, yeah, and it looked it looked like something that would be quite interesting with the um, with the AI. Like, shall I email you this? Shall I – do you want to archive this? And I just thought, yeah, I just
0: hmm. – I'm, look, I mean, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the site here, which is uh, helloastro.com. Um, yeah, the interface looks rather clean and crisp, doesn't it? And it says here, uh, Astro keeps you focused on what is most important. With a priority inbox, unsubscribe, snooze, send later, email tracking, managing your email is simple and fast. Currently in public beta and available for Office 365 and Gmail email addresses. So um, Sorry. there we go. Uh, keep meets you where you work now available in Slack and on Amazon Alexa. So, yeah. And An then the one thing concept. that
3: I'd like to try and I, and, and I, I have no idea if it works when I install it, I'm going to play with it is there's a section called question detection. It reminds you if there's questions from your emails. I'd like to see how
0: that works.
2: Okay. Oh, I see. So if someone's asked you a question, it'll, yeah, yeah that's that quite be... clever, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And you, 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 that, I mean, it, on a a much simpler um, level, in the same way as, for example, if you type the word attach in a message in Thunderbird, um, it, it brings up a, a, a yellow strip saying you used the word attach. Don't forget to attach the yeah. uh, attachment, effectively. And and if you've if you've done that, if you hit send, it will bring up a dialog saying uh, you mentioned an attachment. Did you forget it? And um, The buttons are like no, send it anyway, or oops, yes, I did, which then allows you to, you know, I mean that's very simple. It's not there's nothing AI in that. It simply looks for the word attach. Yeah, you know, gives you a reminder if you didn't attach something. But I have to say it's an incredibly useful tool because the number of times you type out something, blah 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 blah, and I attach and then hit return and. (laughs) You know, at least with Thunderbird, it yeah. At least with Thunderbird, it says, you know, are you sure you didn't want to put some an attachment on this? And you go, oops, yes, I did. So I mean that. Yeah,
2: my that's impression- incredibly
0: useful. Um, and I can imagine that that that, that yeah, yeah. My that impression is that it will do things well. like
2: say, um, you know, Joe blogs contacted you last week, uh, asked you asked you a question last week, and you haven't replied to it. Do you want to? I think it's that kind of AI, which yeah, is actually pretty exactly. cool. It's a little bit like having a personal assistant in your email. Yeah,
0: I, I... I,
3: uh, yeah, I, I initially set it yes. up on my uh, um, phone, but I was waiting for, to get my Mac to, um, to to play with it fully. But even the setup was like an assistant. It says, "You know, would you like to add an email account? What's your email address and stuff like that?" Oh, right.
0: It was pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, I know what I'm going to be doing after this have podcast. <laughs> downloading, downloading um, Astro. Is it, is it free, right. by the
2: way, or is there a cost involved? It's
0: um, At the moment, it's in beta, really? so it okay. appears to be completely free. For now, yeah. For now. No mention of cost, but I'm sure there will, I'm sure, no doubt, um, something will come along once they... I don't know. It might have been Mac Jim who mentioned this, but uh, Nick... Have updated all their photoshop uh, plugins to sixty four bit after user panic about apple's sixty four bit requirements might mean the end of the Nick plugins uh, either of you boys photographers
2: yeah no, <laughs> no <I don't> know. <laughs> nothing to do with nothing to do with uh, <laughs> photos and things like. I think I said uh, before the show that if it hasn't got a fix button on it i don't understand what it, what it does so <laughs>
3: <laughs> True. I'm, I'm a wannabe. You, I think uh... um, I don't do a lot. I've, I have a digital SLR and right. I take some photos, but I don't do a lot of uh, a lot of the processing.
0: If you're not familiar with them, Nick Software uh, is a set of plugins for Photoshop, and they used to cost about three hundred and fifty dollars or something. They're very, they're pretty specialist, but they're very very good. They have, for example, Color FX Pro. Um, which, as you can guess, is colour effects. Uh, uh, Silver FX Pro, which is widely considered by a lot of photographers to be the best colour-to-black-and-white conversion plug available, uh sharpener, and... Uh, uh, anyway, there's a whole set of them. Um, and the complete set used to be about $350, I believe. Um, and then, I think... Uh, They were bought or swallowed up by, maybe it was Google, maybe it was someone else, I'm not sure now. And the price of the pack went down to about $69 or something. It was made free, and when it was made free, obviously a lot of people thought that when it goes free, that tends to mean that's the end of it, there's no more development, there's no more updates. And uh, when Apple announced that they were going to require everything to be 64-bit from... 2018, late 2018, I think. Um, that would mean the end of the Nick FX plugins. But uh, it's been announced that Nick Software announced 64-bit compatibility across its entire range of plugins, um, and customers can now download free updates for uh, Define, Viveza Color FX, Silver FX, Sharpener. Yes, yeah, if, so if you paid
2: $350 um, for them to so start with, and then suddenly you thought they might be going away, and you use them regularly. I can see that being a bit of an issue.
0: <laughs> well, well, yes. I mean, as I say, they they were reduced in price and then they were made free. But people who use them um, do, you know, very much feel that they are some of the best plugins available. So there was a bit of a panic. There was a bit of a panic that uh, they might be quietly left to disappear when Apple enforced its sixty-four bit only policy. So hurrah you know. for Nick then, and. Yes, hurrah for Nick or whoever um, actually owns them now. But they have they rushed out and uh, they. I'm pretty sure if if that was their policy, that they may well have been planning to make them 64-bit. But there was a bit of a scare, and they said, "We've done it now. Don't don't panic." So that was that was good news for people who are users of the Nick suite of plugins. I will just say, uh, talking of mail. Um, you may know uh, that I talked about using Proton Mail, or at least installing the Proton Mail, uh, the free private encrypted mail service from a uh, an open source company in Switzerland. They've now um, released Proton VPN, which is a free or has a free, there are several paid tiers, but there is a free tier, and it's available from ProtonVPN.com. And me being me, I immediately went and had a look. It's pretty good. The only problem uh, at the moment is that there is not a true native client for uh, the Mac or iOS. You can use it, you have to use um, OpenVPN or... Um, a thing called tunnel blick to uh, to use it on your Mac, and it was a bit fiddly to set up. I have to say um, it involved a bit of logging into proton mail and going into settings and getting the special code and and so on but once once I got it set up it's it 's simple and painless. You simply click on the little icon in the in your menu bar and uh, choose one of the VPN tunnels that you Want to use and press connect, and that's pretty much it. The free tier restricts you to, they say, three countries, by which I, I think they mean you can choose three uh, country servers to use. Um, there's a big list um, that you can only use one device, which uh, appears from my testing to be one device at a time, so that I can use Proton VPN on my Mac. Uh, as long as I don't already have it open on my phone, but it doesn't appear to be one specific device and I think that was pretty much it oh apparently yes that's that's right you, you don't get the highest rated speed available but that said, with it turned on I haven't noticed any obvious degradation in in my s- speed so um, if you're concerned about encrypting your your email um, and well all your online shenanigans to uh, go and check out proton proton vpn Are you are uh, uh, either of you boys vpn users no <laughs> I, uh,
3: I i use tunnel bear uh for when i'm away and I want to connect and then I use my yep. uh, for connecting back home I just use or anything where I'm not too bothered I just use my synology the the um to come back home I use the vpn on my synology but I did register for the the proton vpn service after seeing your uh, your post in slack so I wait for my uh my invite it looks good
0: yeah okay did, what did you have you not did you have to yeah, apply it said, for it says they're
3: over uh when it, they were oversubscribed, and um they're doing their best to push it out to the free accounts as soon as possible uh, if you want to pay for the account you can go straight you oh can go straight right, in. okay so it must have been popular
0: it must have been um i mean i I I may have got an email as a Proton Mail user. I might have got an email from them, or that may have maybe that gave me a certain amount of priority. I don't know because I just went. I went to you know went to Proton VPN as soon as I saw that saw it. Yeah, yeah, I'll have that, and it just I was in. But as I say, I am already a a Proton Mail user, and. I went straight there so yeah well i hope you get an invite soon then andy because i um i i use tunnel bear as well um i use the free the free layer of t- tunnel bear which obviously is restricted to about um 1500 megabytes yeah. per month isn't it but it's enough it's enough for what i use it for i mean my my main use is you know if i happen to be in a pub or a Coffee shop, and I'm using the free Wi-Fi. Which, of course, you should never use free Wi-Fi without using a VPN. But most of the rest of the time, of course, I am actually either at home or in my office, so it's not something I need to worry about um, overly. But uh, yeah, that, the Proton looks, you know, I've I've experimented with it, and uh, it seems it seems good enough, and it's unlimited. That's the thing, unlimited usage uh, for the. And for the price of free, what more can you, what more could you ask for? Well, I think we are now coming to the end of the long list of items on the show. So, that's pretty much it for this week. Of course, I'd like to extend my thanks to Nick and Andy for coming on the show and putting up with my shenanigans. Um, if you want to support the show, you can follow us on EssentialApple.com. You can find us at Pinecast, Twitter, Facebook, Google+. You can ask us for uh, an invitation to the Slack Room, which, of course, Nick and Andy are both members of. Don't forget, of course, the lovely Amazon affiliate link. Should you wish to buy something from Amazon, if you follow our Amazon link, which is available on EssentialApple.com, you will uh, be able to buy and shop perfectly normally and we will get a tiny little bit of commission for sending you there and it all helps it helps to uh keep Mark and me in uh, in beer no sorry uh, in microphones and uh, no really it uh, it helps to pay for the hosting and various other uh costs associated with <laughs> it helps pay for various costs associated with running the podcast of course if you're really keen on supporting us you could join our patreon page and a big shout out to the members who already support us that way nick i guess it's time for me to say where could oh, uh, they can find me find you? Um,
2: on uh, spligosh is my user id on twitter but unfortunately i don't use twitter very much um, <laughs> so you won't find me posting an awful lot of things on there And and that's about it, really. I'm not really a very big social media person, Uh, but but feel free to send me messages on on
3: I will look at them. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Much the same. uh, Uh, Twitter is uh, at Dougie D O U G W E, and mostly in the Slack room.
0: I, of course, can be reached on at Serenak. That's S E R E N A K, and Mark is at Oceanspeed on the Twitter. And, of course, we have the essential Apple Twitter account as well. I think that's about enough for this episode, and uh, I'd like to wish everybody listening a good week, stay safe out there, and see you all soon.
5: Hey, David, this week on TechFan, let's talk about Apple.
2: I don't like it.
5: Yeah okay. Uh, Windows, we could talk about Windows.
0: Boring.
5: Um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of cool things in 3D printing going on. We could we could talk about. Cool. Uh, I don't think so. uh, uh, What about like uh, Raspberry Pi? We've we've discussed that in the past. It's Tech Fan. No. Uh, you're you're just being difficult now. What do you want to talk about this week on Tech Fan? How about we
2: talk about Apple and then a little bit about Microsoft and then the Raspberry Pi. New sock.